The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. It's so good to be with you today. We have, as usual, Ben, Brandy, Angie, myself, and we've got a special guest today. Kyle, what's up? Man, it is good to be back. (laughs) So today we are going to be talking on the topic of mental health. And to get us started off, because we're going to be in the series called Hide It or Heal It, which Kyle's going to break down a little more for us in a minute. But to get us started off, when you think about or hear the word mental health, what comes to mind? Hmm. I think for me, I think of like something that you've been clinically diagnosed with, like an extreme, um, I don't know, I guess maybe disorder would be a word, Hmm. but I know there's so much more to it than that. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is usually more often like negative connotations of things like poor mental health. Unfortunately, good mental health isn't necessarily what comes to my mind first. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. That was my thought, the, just kind of the connotation. The first word that popped into my mind is like issues. Mm-hmm. So that puts me in that category Struggle. of kind of the, yeah, like the slanted toward the negative <laughs> side of things. Yeah. Yeah, I would think the same. And that's why we want to have a luminary conversation about mental health and and look at it from a positive standpoint and look at what Scripture teaches on being a person who follows in the way of Christ and is mentally healthy. So coming at it from more of a positive spin instead of, um, I guess, sitting in the negative aspects that we can so often. Which can I just also say that This is a first for me with church. Like, Venture was the first church experience that I had where we spoke about mental health. To hear Jeff on the stage speak of some of his struggles was mind-boggling, not just for me, but for so many people. Um, So the fact that we're about to enter into an entire series as a church, and it is scripturally based, I'm just so, so excited. You know, I I think that's a really good point, too, when we start thinking about, like, what it looks like to lead in different spaces for, like, our house church pastors listening. Um, Meant for Jeff as a pastor, as a leader of the church, the things that and the conversations that have happened because of his willingness Mm -hmm. to share, like, I mean, you you really can't um, underestimate the power of people being vulnerable and people being honest with their struggles with their concerns um as i mean as as leaders as pastors when you start talking about you know leading a room and leading people within conversation like man don't be afraid to 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 get into some of that space yourself yeah and i think that goes for any and everybody you know the going back to the title of the series hide it or heal it if if we hide our brokenness it only gets stronger Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how Jeff says nothing good grows in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so it's so healthy for us to be transparent. Mm-hmm. 
I guarantee you, for Jeff being the transparent leader he has been over the years, I guarantee you he's more healthy today than he was years ago because he adopted this mentality of transparency. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody who has heard his teachings on that has benefited personally. Yeah. It's yeah. freeing. So, Kyle, can you give us a little understanding of where we're headed over the next few weeks? Yeah, absolutely. So there is, let me just kind of give you a, a, a mental picture first. Um, so there is a, a, a form of Japanese pottery, which let me just say, in case you didn't know this, I'm from so-so Mississippi. <laughs> I thought you were Japan. about to say <laughs> no. my parents came here from Japan. <laughs> I was like, man, I really didn't know that, Kyle. Yeah. Deep heart of so-so. I mean, <laughs> so it very well could pronounce some of this wrong. Yeah. That's my disclaimer, okay? Um, but there's this form of pottery uh, called kintsuki. And there's a couple of different words that can be used um, but it's a it's it's really an, an art form of mending, and so what happens is they'll they'll take pottery that that's broken, like not just chipped, um, but broken into pieces, shattered, and they'll take these pieces that would normally be discarded, would normally be thrown away. I bla- I break a plate at my house at least once every other week, um, and we just toss it, we throw it away, right? Um, but they'll, they'll take this pottery. That's a lot of plates. Y'all listen. I'm sorry. Kyle, we have some. Sorry, I made eye contact with Brandy. When you said that, she couldn't keep it There's two things I do in the kitchen. Look for things I can't find. Okay. And when I do find it, I break it. Gosh, guys. Okay. But I will also say, we've been married a long time, and we've had the same plates, and so, like, man, they're old. Oh, you did it on purpose. They need to be broken. Okay. Um, Sorry, bro. <laughs> We're gonna move on. Uh, so they'll they'll take these pieces though, and instead of throwing them away, we'll we'll mend the pieces together using gold. And so the pottery itself becomes stronger. It becomes more valuable because of the mending process that took place. Because it was broken and then put back together. Um, and in the same way, like. All of us have broken places in our lives. We go through seasons where it feels like and we've been shattered because of things that have happened to us, things that we've caused. Um, and we can, we can try to discard those pieces. We can try to brush them under. The, we can try to, to hide those, those wounds, those unhealthy places, or we can bring them into a space where the perfect potter the creator himself can can mend it, can can heal it. Um, and so what we want to do is, as a church over the next several weeks is I mean, we, we want to bring these things out of hiding. We want to bring these things into the light, these broken areas in our lives, these broken pieces, um, not so that we can highlight the brokenness, but so that we can highlight the healing, mm. the mending that takes place in the hands of the potter. Um, and so I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. I mean, and look, we're going to talk on some really difficult subjects. Um, we talk about, you know, shame and guilt and, and talk about grief and loss and, and the need for forgiveness. Uh, we're going to have a, a week here in a few weeks where we're going to bring in some, some experts, some mental health experts, and just kind of um, interview them, talk to them about their experience. And so 
Uh, just a, a lot of heavy topics, but again, the point's not to highlight the brokenness. It's to, to bring it into the light to find the healing that God offers. Yeah, and for everybody that's a part of our church and listening to this, we just want to encourage you to lean in during this series because this is where life transformation can take place. You know, we're so good at church attendance and doing the right thing for so long, but being at the same time, simultaneously, we can be mentally and emotionally infants when it comes to understanding ourselves and things that we have been through. And if you if you lean in and push push into this, I believe through the work of the Holy Spirit and God working in you that that you can receive healing from from God in broken areas of your life. And that goes true for me and everybody in the room and everybody listening. So let's uh, let's read some scripture. Um, Angie, would you read our scripture today? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> what? Everyone knows I don't know my glasses and I can't see. You know this, Tyler. Why are you calling me out like this? Brandy, do your job. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay, we're going to read Psalm 147 and just verse 3, right? Yeah, one second. <laughs> Okay, bring it back. I'm ready to soak in the words of the Lord. <laughs> Here we go. It says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I think that's a promise from Scripture that we want to lean into as we go through this series. So how about this for the next few minutes, talking about transparency and everything like that. What has What has your relationship been with quote-unquote mental health? What's your experience been? Has there been any moments where you were at your breaking point? If so, what did you do? How have you seen God guiding you through this process? Tips, tricks, habits, things you've learned? Mm -hmm. Go for it. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, I'll start it. Um, you know, it's a really short passage that Brandy just read. But what stood out to me, I'm going to get to this answer. This is an answer. I'm gonna, it's all I'm gonna connected. Get there. It's all connected. <clears throat> and before, at the, uh, I have a heading in my Bible above that chapter, 147, that says, it asks this question. It says, what gives God joy? And so it was interesting to me and stood out that three verses later, it tells us that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And so, like, making that connection and that realization that, like, it brings God joy to heal us. It brings God joy to bind up our wounds. And part of my kind of personal experience is is I I have begun to to realize that um, I would do a lot of the churchy things like you talked about uh, earlier, Tyler. But being vulnerable and honest with God, with my Heavenly Father in prayer about places that hurt, about wounds, about different things did not exist in my walk. Um, And so that's been a fairly new part of my journey. And I've, he's taken me to deeper places with him in my relationship with him than I've, than I've ever been before. Um, And, and the, the, he's used other people to help in that, in that healing process um, but it's connected me to him in, in new ways, and he just continues 
to take me to deeper places. Like it's re, it's even kind of redefined how I hear that word and think about that word like depth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we connect that word to church a lot too. Like I just I, I, I want something deeper. I want something deeper. Deeper comes from the work that he's doing inside of me. Right. You know, and like he he meets me where I'm at, and he takes me into deeper places down in there mm-hmm. to continually form me into his his image and continually form me into who he has designed, created me to be. Um, and so it's, it's been a journey, um, for me. And it's been a, it's been a process that, um, honestly has been part of the growth, understanding and recognizing that it is a process and that there's progress to be made in all those things. Progress in the process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so has it been easy for you uncovering oh. all of this? Oh. Has it been a walk in the park? No, fun? no. Do you, are y'all familiar with uh, methylate? Do y'all remember methylate? I do remember that, yes. You know, it burnt. You remember how bad that stuff hurt? <laughs> yes. They don't even make it anymore. Thinking, they is don't. that the stuff that burns? Yes. What they, is methylate? So here's, they don't I even. I was going through the Rolodex of Old Testament people. I was like, methylate. <laughs> So there, this is connected as well. You said, has it been easy? No, it has been painful and it has been hard. But I, as a as a kid, there was this medicine that you put on like wounds and scrapes and bike wrecks. I got methylate poured on me and it burned so bad and it left this red like iodine looking stain or whatever. But it healed the wound, but it was painful, mm-hmm. but it it healed the wound. And so I, I don't know, that's where my mind went to make those crazy connections, but no, it's not been, it's not been easy. It's been hard. So you're saying there is pain in healing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Un- it's uncomfortable. I think you're saying there's pain in the progress, Pro- in, in the, the process. process. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Either way, there's going to be pain, yes. whether we live in it and hide it or we choose to heal it. Mm. Mm-hmm. You talked a lot about a journey. I think my mental health has been a journey. I think I've always struggled with anxiety, even as a small kid, but didn't know that that's what it was. Didn't know how to put those words to it. Um, Grew up in a not super peaceful home. So I think that drove a lot of it. Uh, Moved to college, studied psychology, got a master's degree in counseling. Still didn't know that what I struggled with was anxiety. Uh, Saw a lot of clients who struggled with anxiety and still didn't know that's what my problem was. (laughs) Um, And then genuinely, like, through the process of reading in Scripture, just the Lord finally saying, hey, that thing that you tell everybody else about, yeah, that's your problem too. Um, Mm. And so... Through that and through a lot of the childhood stuff, like I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited that we're also going to have a whole week on forgiveness because I think that's also a part of my journey, like with my parents and, um, sorry if y'all ever hear this mom and dad, but, uh, I'm still working towards some forgiveness where, um, y'all are concerned and that I know that that has a lot to do with the anxiety side of things too. They're tied together. I can't separate them. And I don't think that I'll probably ever fully have peace from anxiety, period. Um, I mean, scripture talks about it a lot. So I'm sure that it'll always be a part of the spiritual battle that we face. But um, I don't think I'll have any more peace from it until there's more of the peace of forgiving as well. So 
it's kind of where I am still, like, genuinely right now today, still working through that. But that's kind of where I'm at. That's so good. Hmm. And there, there's hope yeah. for it. And I, w- I know this is true for me. I would imagine it's true for everybody listening. Whatever the struggle is for us currently can be traced back to childhood. <laughs> definitely what the counselors will tell you. <laughs> I hear that's what they say. You know, we're, we're hyper-individualized. We're our own person. I didn't need anybody to get me where I am today. I'm grown. I make my own decisions. That's what we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're, I think a lot of times we're unwilling to admit just how much our childhood has impacted us. Yeah. And generational curses that Scripture teaches on is passed down. Mm-hmm. Like the, the great-grandparents who you don't know are in a way controlling the life that you live today. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important to be aware, to know yourself and to know where you come from, asking God, hey, give me a renewed perspective of this. Help me to see your truths. Help me to see who I am. Because once we see it and become aware of it, we can then start working toward healing. You know, I think I can relate to what Brandy said as far as um, not really understanding that's what you're dealing with, that kind of experience. Um, but I know for me personally, I'd, I was never aware of how anxiety could present itself in so many different forms physically. And I know uh, there was a, a time where, like, I, I knew in my mind I was worried. I would have just said I was worried, um, but I was praying through the worry. But I never realized how that had transformed to this form of, of anxiousness that I was letting, like, control my mind and my peace and I wasn't looking to the hope. I was looking at the circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I really genuinely thought I had something wrong with my heart. Like, I would have these, like, pains that would just shoot through my chest. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I'm having a heart attack. I'm, I don't know what's yeah. going on. But I genuinely thought it was like a, a something was wrong with me until I went to the doctor. Um, and even when I went to the doctor, I didn't fully agree with what she said. Uh, she was trying to tell me I was depressed and I was like, no, I'm not, I'm really not depressed. I'm really not. Um, but a series of, of events, I know God led me to realize your problem is anxiety and it's not trusting what I've told you. And so I know like we want to focus on the, the positive aspect of this and that's what's been proven true in my experience is I, I believe wholeheartedly he showed me the power of Romans 8 where he says the mind governed by the flesh leads to death and the mind governed by the spirit leads to life and peace. And that was just a verse that came so true to me very, very quickly. Um, my experience had to do with my kids or, or one of my kids in, in a specific and just a situation that is out of your control. Like when, when you, we see something that you have no control over, but you know could be like so harmful to them. And you worry. You can't help but worry. And God taught me so much. Like he's so faithful to give you truth and promise of scripture, mm-hmm. but it was up to me if I was going to claim that, if I was going to hold on to that, if I was going to repeat what I knew to be true about the promise he gave me or focus on the situation in front of me that seemed hopeless and never ending and would end terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he pointed me to several scriptures and 
I think I, I don't want to seem like I'm saying that there's never a reason to take medication because I do believe that God uses that. He uses um, the wisdom of our doctors to give us what we need. And I just know for me in this scenario, he was saying, are you going to take me at my word? Are you going to take me at what I have have given you as a promise to rescue your son. Like, I'm telling you I'm going to rescue him. But everything around me said, no, it's not happening. Like, it's not happening for, I mean, for a year. And so it was this this concept of you have to learn to trust me. Like you were talking about, it's a process through the journey, through the pain. That's That's when he teaches the most. That's when he is the most clear. That's when you experience him the most. Because on the other side of that, now that we are out of it, I would go through it again 10 times over to receive what he's promised. It's that good. It's so good. But I, how was I supposed to know that? You know, so trusting as he gives you those scriptures, he's given them to you for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to repeat those and believe him rather than what you see with your eyes and the circumstances and the hopelessness that's before you, then he promises you in Romans, that's going to be what brings you peace. Mm -hmm. And if not, if you want to focus on the situation mentally, okay, it's going to bring you death spiritually. Like you're, you're, that's all you're, you're focused on Mm -hmm. and you will not have peace. You know, y'all been talking a lot about a process and you said something about this uh, a minute ago. Um, Just the idea that like God meets us where we are. Um, I was listening to a sermon the other day because I'm a preacher, and that's what I do. I listen to sermons. That's what we do in our free time. For whatever reason, like that makes sense. Oh, that's good. Um, Let me write it down. Yeah. Uh, Like I always say. And so this guy said, um, God meets us where we are, not where we think we should be. Mm -hmm. And I I like that distinction a lot because I think a lot of times we can get mad, we can get frustrated at ourselves because, like, I shouldn't be feeling this thing. Or... I shouldn't let that bother me that much. Or I, I thought I was past this. I thought I wouldn't be doing this. And we, we get mad and we get frustrated and it leads us down a darker hole that I'm dealing with this thing or I'm, I'm stuck in this loop or whatever. Like this isn't where I should be. But where you are, whether you think you should be there or not, where you are, God can still meet you there and God will still meet you there. Um, I thought it was a really good mm-hmm. distinction. It's good. And listening to everybody, the, our journeys, the processes, all of those things have been uniquely personal to each of us, right? And when you think about it, it's a personal relationship with Jesus. Our relationships with, with him are uniquely personal. And there's a fantastic book, men that are listening, I would recommend this book. It's called Wild at Heart. It's written by John Eldridge. And he, he says in there, specifically around our wounds and the healing process. He, he says that there are no formulas with God. The way in which God heals our wound is a deeply personal process. And so it, it's, it, it's in that as I'm leaning in and growing in that my relationship with him, he's deeply personal in the process that he takes me through to heal, the, to heal those wounds. He also goes on to say that we invite Jesus into the wound. We ask him to come meet us there, like you're saying, Kyle, to enter the broken and unhealed places of our heart 
that's what going back to our, our passage in Psalms, it brings him joy, right? To to heal us, to to heal our wounds. It brings him joy. He wants to meet us there. That's good, Ben. <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm going to share a little bit of my story, some things that I've learned, and then if we have any other comments after that, go for it, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Sound good? Mm-hmm. So it all starts. <laughs> a few years ago, um, I, I had never struggled with anxiety or worry other than in college because my grades were terrible. I was like, Lord, just get me through college. Um, but I, I was on the verge of panic attack, I guess, mental breakdown. I'm not sure. But when I would get worked up, I could feel myself losing control. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I guess that's a panic attack. Like I was, <laughs> I was having trouble breathing. My heart was racing. What I, is going on with my body? Yeah, like, like you I, asked that I question. I could grip things. Like I, I felt myself losing control, and it was, it was about on a daily basis where I would have to like take a step back, breathe. But I was so overwhelmed and so anxious, and due to some life events, I, uh, I was gone for about a week. We had some stuff going on with family out of state, so. Went out of state for a week, and I was removed from my stressful environment. Keep in mind that I created. Mm-hmm. And it was like I could breathe again for the first time in a while. And that, that caused me to start asking some questions and begin reading. And God was, had, was doing a deep work in me. And I came across a scripture where Jesus talks about the vine and the branch. And if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Started reading and learning about this concept of abiding and a rule of life and things that we don't have time to get into today. But the long and the short of it was I realized I had to establish some healthy mental habits and I had to begin to live in a more rhythmic life. I was just all out of line. Um, but I, I was reading Best Book of the Year so far, Practicing the Way by John Mark Comer. Mm-hmm. If y'all don't know this by now, you will know he is my favorite <laughs> of all time. His writings are unbelievable. But he's talking about abiding, and he says, If we abide in the death scroll, meaning scrolling on our phones nonstop through social media, YouTube, whatever, we will be formed into people who are angry anxious, arrogant, simplistic, and distracted. If we abide in endless streaming, we will be people formed into lustful, restless, bored, never-present people. If we abide in hedonism, you know, the more money we get, another drink, need another hit, whatever, then we will be people who are compulsive, addictive, always running from our pain, simultaneously never running toward our healing. And so in this book, he he says it's not a question of what, it's not a question of if you are abiding, it is what are you abiding in? And Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all who are weary and without rest, who are heavy laden, heavy burdened. And and he has a promise that that if, I love how it says it in the message version, 
come with me, follow me, walk with me, learn how I do it, learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. Like that is a beautiful truth that God offers to all of us. So for me personally, it was learning to rewire my mind and my brain. You know, science has caught up with scripture, Romans 12 to mm-hmm. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is possible. So if we are continually anxious, depressed, worried about the future and never have enough money, um, unforgiveness is just ripping us apart from the inside. Scripture promises us that we have a way out of that, that God gives us the Holy Spirit and he gives us a template to follow to where we can experience this healing. So um, mental habits for me was a big one. And then, like I said, living life in rhythm. Like I, I never understood until a couple years ago that God has ordered the world in a series of seven days. And there's a reason why four centuries Christians observed the Sabbath and how they don't seem to have been anxious. Like I don't read a whole lot of writers in early church days who talk about anxiety, Um, though they were being persecuted and hunted down. They observed the Sabbath. They understood rhythm. That was something I didn't understand in learning how to put into practice daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, annual rhythms. All that has been so, so helpful for me. Y'all got any, any final thoughts on that? Where, where are we going next week? Next week, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff will... Um, we're we're going to kick off in talking about the idea of shame. Okay. Because I think a lot of this conversation causes shame in people, mm-hmm. you know, especially when we, we feel the need to hide it, mm-hmm. right? You, you hide what you're ashamed of. Um, and so we're going to start next week uh, really with the idea of shame and uh, kind of bringing those things into the light. There we go. Well, guys, let's plug away at it and let's, let's continue to be formed into the image of Christ, knowing that he is, he is the one that created us and he gives us a vision for what we can look forward to. And as we um, seek not to hide it, we will in turn be able to heal it. God will be able to heal us with whatever it is. So I'm looking forward to our journey together. And with that being said, we will catch you next week. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in House Church. House Churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.